Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I am the host, Brianna Battles, founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism and CEO of Everyday Battles. I'm a career strength and conditioning coach, entrepreneur, mom of two wild little boys, and a lifelong athlete. I believe that athleticism does not end when motherhood begins, and this podcast is dedicated to coaching you by providing meaningful conversations, insights, and interview topics related to fitness, mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Practice Brave podcast. Today I'm here with Julianne Bali, and she actually works within the PNPA brand. She started as a PNPA coach and then has now works behind the scenes. You talk to her through the brand DMs a lot of the time. Um, but today we're going to be talking about the CrossFit Open because Julianne has participated in the Open very consistently for years, mostly as a pregnant or a somewhat newly postpartum athlete. And so I love the perspective she brings as an athlete who does CrossFit, who is so bought in, loves the culture, loves competing and participating in the open, but also has a perspective of a PNPA coach. And uh, we're excited to talk about this. So Julianne, give us a little bit of background about yourself. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be on the PNPA team and chatting with you today. I did not grow up an athlete. I found fitness later in life. I was in my 20s when I started originally as like a wellness journey. And I grew up an artist and a musician and I sat a lot. And being an athlete was awkward for me. <laughs> and like I didn't, I don't have a lot of body awareness. And so it took a lot of years to like develop that. Um, but then years and years later, I, you know, I started with running and then I eventually found powerlifting, which then left led to me finding CrossFit in 2019. And I was about a year postpartum with my first baby when I found CrossFit. And that was when I knew nothing about anything, pregnancy, postpartum fitness. And at that point, being a year postpartum, it wasn't really on my mind about like, oh, I'm returning to fitness. Like I had already done the return to fitness thing. Um, but then as I continued in CrossFit, I got pregnant again with my second baby. And all of a sudden I had questions and I'm like, I have no idea what to do. <laughs> and like, how do I modify? And my coaches, of course, well, meaning didn't know much other than like, listen to your body, like just watch out for pressure, which I had no idea what pressure meant. Like, what does that mean? I have no idea what pressure means. And then of course, as many of our stories go, it led me to find pregnancy and postpartum athleticism. I actually got a DM from one of my friends when I was postpartum with that second baby. I was posting about how I had FOMO because people were working out and I couldn't and whatever. And she's like, hey, there's stuff you can do. And she sent me a DM with your ebook, Six Exercises for the First Six Weeks. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like I can do something now. And so then it snowballed into me diving more into the world of pregnancy and postpartum athleticism. And then eventually I took the course and I was like, wow, everything I've ever wanted to know is right here. Like here it is. <laughs> like, yeah, this is awesome. And it just lit a fire under me and I became a coach and I switched careers and like everything. that was just all in with the culture and everything about it. And then 
now I work for Brianna. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty wild. And I love just like how, you know, it's been such an evolution for you, how you started with no athletic background into kind of taking that chance of practicing brave and starting CrossFit, doing something that was like so different for you. And then continuing to do it through seasons where like your body has changed and it was different and you had more life responsibilities with not just one baby, but then a second baby and just really trying to like learn while you're already in a season of reacclimation to, you know, expanding your family. And it's been really cool to see your growth of the last few years and so grateful because I feel like you just, you really get it. You get it from the perspective of being an athlete. You get it from the perspective of being a mom and you get it from the perspective of being a coach and to go even further, you get the behind the scenes of this brand and what it, how it actually is, the questions that inspire content, the concerns, honestly, keeping a finger on the pulse of the entire fitness industry and the culture of what we're seeing. Like you see that firsthand as well now. And, um, like you hear the stories, you read some of the emails, like you are very immersed in knowing what is moving this movement, the PNPA movement forward. Like you're seeing that. And I think that that perspective alone is so valuable for the work that you're putting out into the world and how you're showing up. Yeah. So thank you. Absolutely. It's, it's really cool being able to see like what we think is so normal and so easy to understand about, of course, we know how to adjust this lift, whatever, like everybody else doesn't. And you get the DMs and the emails every single day of all of the questions of how do I do this? And what about this? And it's really cool to be able to continually put this out there because it's still really needed. Absolutely. Well, We're going to talk about the CrossFit Open because that happens every year. I don't do CrossFit anymore, but I coach a lot of CrossFitters, our audience. There's a lot of different CrossFitters who um, follow us and use the programs, use the coaching. We have so many different CrossFit coaches that go through the PNP curriculum. And I think the CrossFit population was the first population that was like, yes, they claimed that identity of like pregnant athlete. 10 years ago and postpartum athlete 10 years ago started using that like hashtag and like that, like kind of caught on and became this, um, this thing where people kind of claimed that identity. They really resonated with that and wanted to be bought into, you know, if I'm going to be pregnant, I'm still going to be an athlete. If I'm going to be a mom, I'm still going to be an athlete. And, you know, to support the CrossFit community is really important to me. And I think that the open exposes a huge opportunity to, Talk about approach and mindset toward training and performance during these seasons. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's a season that if you are pregnant or postpartum, it can be difficult going into the open because you either don't know what it's going to look like or you feel bummed that you have to scale or that you have to adjust in certain ways and you feel like you want to participate, but you aren't sure how you're going to participate. And so, yeah, it's a really interesting season to be pregnant or postpartum in the open. Totally. Because I think there's an element of like, you kind of said earlier, like a FOMO where you're like, I want to participate, but I know that my participation is going to look different. And then there's that voice that tells you like, this is when we go full send. And when you're pregnant or your body's still recovering from pregnancy, labor, delivery, like birth, everything, like 
you it's you're even more inclined to want to push hard, but your athletic readiness, core and pelvic health, you're just overall like how you're functioning is not necessarily ready for that full send kind of effort, even on the postpartum side. But that can be really hard because I do think that the open where you it's like designed for you to push yourself and see how you're improving year over year or on a certain skill set or whatever it might be. This is where that opportunity is highlighted for the majority of CrossFitters that aren't going to the games or maybe aren't competing like regionally. Um, and so to then be in a different season and have to have a different approach, that can be really frustrating. Yeah. And it's been interesting having done two CrossFit Opens pregnant and two early postpartum. This is my very first one where I'm more than a year postpartum. And, you know, some of the questions that come up are like, do I register even or do I just do the workouts? Because when you're pregnant, a lot of the times the scaling options even offered for the workouts aren't even the ones that work for your body right now. And so you can't technically score some of the reps. And so there's been a year where I did register for the open when I was pregnant and I just didn't score all of my reps and I just had to be okay with that. And then when I was pregnant with my third baby, I was very pregnant. I was like 33 weeks pregnant or something during the open That was a year where I was like, you know what? I'm not going to register this year and I'm still going to participate in class and I'm going to do it in my pregnant way. And that made it feel a little bit easier because I didn't have to worry about, oh, what's my score? Like I didn't care that year. Like I did care in the previous years because I wanted to see how do I measure up with the people in my gym? Because I don't compete or anything. I'm very recreational CrossFitter, but I like seeing how I measure up with people in the gym and myself. And but that year, my third pregnancy, I was so bought in with the whole mindset of like, I'm just here to move. I'm here to feel good. I'm here to do what I'm doing in my pregnant body. Um, and so I didn't register that year and it was so freeing because I didn't have to worry like, well, this scaling option is not on the sheet. Like I can't score these reps. And I was like, I don't care if I don't score these reps. That's totally cool. Uh, the year we had that year we had wall walks and 30 something weeks pregnant is not really an option for me. And so I did like double dumbbell seated press and that was perfect for me. And so being okay with you, especially pregnant, like extremely pregnant, <laughs> your movements, not even being like what would be presented as scaling options is totally, totally fine. And then also, I mean, this is just if you're pregnant in general for a CrossFitter, just putting their blinders on and just going in and having fun. It's hard to have fun when we're competitive sometimes because we want to, like you were saying, we want to push. This is the time to really push. So it's a small season to push more than usual. Um, And so just being able to be okay with it being different and then just checking in with your mindset, especially during the, I guess, you know, definitely postpartum as well. Um, checking in with your mindset is a huge part of it. Absolutely. And we talk about athlete brains so much and it can be hard because, you know, we try to emphasize in PNPA, like being able to check in with that voice you've been trained to ignore. Like so many of us, especially during something like the open or if we're running or if we're competing, like you're going to push through pain. You're going to push through discomfort. You're going to push through your heart, like coming out of your chest. You're going to push things. 
But during pregnancy, this is time we have to like really kind of honor and acknowledge that this isn't actually a time that it's worth pushing. It doesn't mean that you're fragile. It just doesn't mean that like you're invincible. Like there, there's a spectrum that has to exist here. And I liked what you said about um, your third pregnancy, where you almost gave yourself that permission to like, I don't even need to register. I can still participate and make it what it needs to be for me. But if that extra step of registration is now going to create like, I don't know, just like mess with your head a little bit and your overall enjoyment and experience. And like, let's really zoom out and examine like, what is my relationship with training and being an athlete and performance? And like, this is a good opportunity to take like a reassessment of that. That's certainly perspective that I think comes later on in your journey as an athlete mom. But it's certainly something that I wish I would have been taught to consider earlier on in my approach. Cause I was also, I also did the open, um, <laughs> way back, way back in the day, but it, I wasn't as, it just wasn't what it is now <laughs> back then. Right. And I think that being able to like have that reassessment of like, what do I need this to be? And what does this say about my overall relationship with training? What's, what's good enough. If I'm not getting as hard of a workout or I'm not in this environment in the same way I'm normally in this environment and now I'm miserable or I'm grumpy or I'm crying or I'm like whatever, because it honestly just kind of messes with your head and your identity. That's a great opportunity to just kind of reassess the relationship you want to have with training, with CrossFit or with whatever sport, especially when you actually become a mom and the baby's here. Oh yeah, absolutely. And then especially being patient with yourself with that mindset postpartum, because I feel like being pregnant during the open is a lot easier than being postpartum during the open because last year I was just shy of a year postpartum, like two months shy of a year. And I was just hitting my stride. Like I wasn't, I was lifting considerably heavy weights, like all of my movements were back, but that full intensity was not quite hundred percent there. I wasn't, I was a little symptomatic still with certain movements. And I knew that going in the open, I was, I was hesitant because I knew I wasn't quite where I wanted to be yet. And that was a little bit hard, especially because I hadn't gotten skills that I wanted to get yet. Cause at that point, I'm still working on doubles. I'm still working on like full wall walks. I'm still working on pull ups. And I had spent the last, however, you know, that would have been 10 months working on all of that stuff consistently thinking like surely by a year I'll get I'll have hit these and I hadn't yet and I was kind of a bummer but at the same time I was like I have to remember the first six months is still like total rehab and like rebuild and like it really was only a handful of months that I had the opportunity to really build those skills when I'm just trying to rebuild my entire self <laughs> and so you know going into that open was even harder because I was like oh I wish I had these movements but then you know I got my mindset in check and I was like I have what I have and I'm going to bring what I have to the open this year and ended up having a really great time and I was really proud of what I did um, but that I think is way harder than being pregnant during the open <laughs> I absolutely agree that postpartum is like really where things get tough. Cause it's almost like pregnancy is there's a very clear and obvious. And I say this with air quotes, like excuse as right. to why you aren't doing X, Y, or Z. Like, even if you feel annoyed with yourself about it or self-conscious or judged, 
it's almost easier to default to the fact that like, well, I'm very obviously in a different kind of body right now. And so it's almost easier to take ownership of having a different approach. Whereas postpartum, in many cases, not just us, but like the fitness culture, especially in CrossFit, it's almost like you're expected to just like, well, you were fit before you were fit during pregnancy, and now you're going to bounce back and be really fit and ready. And like, basically like nothing happened. Now we've obviously seen that you know, that messaging change a bit and mature over time. Um, But you're right, there's not, it's harder to give yourself grace. And I think that we have to remember as athletes, that it's not just about your physical ability, like, because maybe, maybe you actually could lift really heavy or push it really hard during that workout. Maybe you could. And there's a high likelihood that your sleep has been very altered. Your body has been physiologically changed from the inside out, regardless of how the baby came out, whether it was a really easy and natural and whatever delivery, or it was a cesarean and it was traumatic or something in the middle of those things. Either way, like birth is a significant physiological event that requires recovery and pregnancy alone, just your your body recovering from being not itself for almost a year. Like, so there's so many factors that play into how you feel postpartum sleep, nursing, acclimating to a new life, your mental health, your support systems, changes in routine. There are so many variables that affect your performance and your athleticism and what you're able to actually do, how much time. And honestly, like I call it oomph. Like Mm -hmm. I I feel this with jujitsu. There's just certain times, even during the month where I'm like, I don't have what it takes to do that, to have that kind of output, that kind of intensity. I don't have it in me today. And like, I'm not freaking postpartum. I don't, I'm not like attached to a baby all day, but I think that it's really hard when you have athlete brain because it almost sounds like an excuse or a cop-out. And when there's not a pregnant belly attached to you, it's really easy for us, even in our own brains to take that narrative and run and tell ourselves all of these stories about what this means, you know, in relationship to our ability and our identity as an athlete yeah and it's also really easy especially during the open i mean i guess all the time but especially during the open to compare yourself with maybe the other mom that was also postpartum around the same time you know like how can she already do this and i'm still struggling with this and like oh they went faster than me on this and what it's super (laughs) easy to get in your head about that kind of stuff. You know, it happened to me, like there was a similar postpartum window with someone else at my gym. And I was like, oh man, like I'm comparing myself with her. And I was like, first of all, why am I doing this? <laughs> and so just, again, just especially during the open, just be exactly where you are, just be where you are. And then be able to take it slower than you think you need to. The earlier postpartum that you are, like I said, I was 10 months postpartum last year. That's for me, that's still early postpartum. That for, I consider for everybody listening. Yes, like it's just early postpartum. Like you still got a baby. Like you, it's a oh baby. yeah. I mean, think about it. It's a ten month old. Like that's an infant, <laughs> right? And and that's so wild. Um, you know, and I love that point on comparison because you know we hear that all the time, and not just like in your face, in your gym, we also have the comparison of social media. I cannot tell you every single open season. And you know this because you were helping with the brand DMs last year too. We would get DMs about what a certain CrossFit athlete was doing. And literally like this happens every single year. This isn't just like one or two athletes. This is 
CrossFit moms, they get pregnant, they've been to the games mm-hmm. many times, they share their participation in the open and what that looks like. And we'll get DMs saying like, is that okay? Or is that safe? Or should she be doing that? Or I saw so-and-so do this. Like, so I figured it was good for me too. And like, you have got to stop taking advice from CrossFit athletes on what is okay and appropriate for your body, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. Because what I can tell you from working with a variety of professional athletes, and yes, absolutely CrossFitters included, is we only see a small portion of what their life is like, what their training is like, and what their battles and actual like what their actual reality is. We don't see the whole story. That whole story is very, very rarely told. So you cannot take what somebody chooses to do with their training during pregnancy and postpartum, especially during like the open where it's a lot more magnified, maybe a lot more glorified even. Like we will see articles of some kind of CrossFit mom and how she approached the open. And that is almost like seen as this gold standard, but it is not. They are typically the exception and the rest of us have to navigate what that actually looks like in our own life and our own training. I can tell you, even with those high level athletes, we are only seeing a fraction of their story. We really don't know the whole picture. And yeah, and remember that about the mom that you do see at the gym too. Like we don't know her story either. And, you know, I have, at least for me, I have to remember like a lot of my athleticism has been developed as an adult. And a lot of other people's have been developed since they were two, yeah. <laughs> you know, and like, at least for me, like speaking as like a later in life athlete, I guess, I mean, you know, I played tennis growing up and stuff like that, but like I wasn't on a sports team or anything. And so like, I have to remember like these people have had years of working on this skill and that skill. And I started when I was like in my late twenties, like it's okay that I don't have all of these skills yet and I'm still working on them. And it, and, you know, and, you know, and, and they're highlighted in the open because you see a lot of these higher level skills come out. And that's something that's also really hard about pregnancy as postpartum is you want to do the high level skills that you worked really hard to get. You want to keep your bar muscle ups or your, your chest to bar or your toes to bar or whatever. Cause you're like, Hey, I worked hard to get these skills. I want to use them in the open. And sometimes it just, isn't the time to use them and you're not and I, I want to emphasize that you will not lose them if you don't do a single workout in the open that has for whatever whatever movement whether it's chest bar or whatever if if you choose to not do it because you are pregnant or you're early postpartum you're not going to lose that movement and you are not less of an athlete for not doing that movement I 100% agree. And we see that all the time. Again, there's that FOMO. Again, it plays into so many things of like, well, if I stop squatting this weight or stop doing this movement, I'm going to, I won't be able to do it again. And so then people want to like right. keep doing the kipping pull-ups because they're afraid that they'll somehow forget how to like do kipping pull-ups when they're postpartum or whatever, um, or if they delay it when they are postpartum. Um, I mean, I did that. I did that with like box jumps with a certain load of back squats with pull-ups, like all of that during my first pregnancy a decade ago. And we have better information now. We know that you will not lose it. We know that you can get it back again, even if it's a little bit different overall, like you can find a way to get back to what you were doing before. 
maybe surpass it, or maybe it just looks different, but we can find there's a lot of nuance there. There's a lot of options for having freedom in your fitness expression. There is. It doesn't have to be over, even if it's different. Yeah. And you can find that if you choose to have a more open mindset and a more flexible mindset going into the open with if you're pregnant or postpartum, that it will make you a better athlete. You will be able to find something new inside of you that maybe you've never realized was there by slowing down and letting the ego step out of the way. And maybe you really hone in on your movement patterns in the open. You know, maybe you have a goal in the open that is unique to you. That's like, I'm going to have my squats. I don't at this depth or something very specific, you know, that, that will make you a better athlete overall. Like it's a really great opportunity to then make pregnancy postpartum specific goals for you in the open that aren't that I'm going to do every movement exactly as written, or I'm going to beat this person, <laughs> whatever it is, you know, use that as an opportunity for growth and um, as an opportunity to really look inside your, your own mind as an athlete and develop that athletic maturity. Absolutely. And I, I love that. Obviously, I think it's a really critical part and why we, I kind of wanted to lead into this episode with such an emphasis on the relationship you have with your body, your performance, your identity as an athlete, um, what that looks like, and now tie it into, well, like, why, right? And I think that we we forget that they're, we're not just saying this for the experiential piece, but also because your core and pelvic health matters and changes during pregnancy and postpartum. Your body has to accommodate the growth of a baby that changes the structures and it changes the tissues that support the abdominal wall at the midline and the pelvic floor. So then when you add an activity like CrossFit, which is good, and yes, it is safe, just like honestly, most exercise, but it's how it's performed. And then we look at things like intensity, loads, durations, um, overall volume, and what all of those variables, like how those in particular affect that core system. Because we know that athletes will have a diastasis. A lot of athletes experience incontinence or some other pelvic um, pelvic floor symptoms like incontinence, prolapse, pain, all different variations. Sometimes it presents in pregnancy. Sometimes it, it presents postpartum. Some people had incontinence their whole life. Others will go through all of pregnancy and postpartum and not experience anything. So our job as PNPA coaches, what we like to do is bring awareness so that you can feel really informed about your body. Because most people are told, listen to your body, do what you've always done. And in terms of female athletes, there's not a lot of information and evidence about pregnancy and postpartum. And if there is, the exercise guidance out there through ACOG, for example, is very rooted in baby safety. And like, is it safe for the baby? And like, yes. Something I say all the time, as you know, is like pregnant and postpartum athletes don't need to be convinced that exercise is good for them and their baby and their motherhood experience. Like we know that we are so bought into that. But what needs to be adjusted is the approach in a way that supports long-term core pelvic floor and athletic performance. And that's what this brand really tries to do. It really takes in that big picture of like, how does this exercise then influence diastasis? 
during pregnancy and then postpartum? How does this exercise or that intensity or that load affect pelvic floor function during pregnancy, postpartum, or or beyond? You know, like what are we doing to trigger symptoms or to mitigate symptoms? And like how can we find workarounds with that? It's being really proactive and really informed. So that's why we talk about navigating exercise during these seasons slightly differently. And again, that doesn't mean that you are fragile. It just means your body is different right now. And it's different for a really good reason. We don't, we deserve more than just generic guidelines. Right. You know, and something that I have to think about all the time is just honor the season that you're in. (laughs) Honor that you're, you have these adjustments that your body does have these different, different considerations for just a little while, sometimes for a long while, it feels like. Um, but then having those considerations in mind for your corn pelvic health and all of the different symptoms that may arise, having those in mind and having that be your consideration over having your consideration be like, I have to be the best. I have to be the fastest. It's going to make a huge difference and be what helps facilitate you doing this forever. <laughs> Cause that's really what you want is to do yeah. it for the rest of your life. Um, but you want to be able to do it and feel good in your body and be able to, you know, I mean, it's just like any injury, you injure your knee or recently I got a back injury. And of course, the number one thing I want to do is do everything I can to help it be better so that I can keep lifting forever. <laughs> And so like it was that I didn't have need a I didn't need a buy-in. I was just already bought in of like, okay, tell me what I need to do to be able to set myself up for success for the rest of my life. And so somehow we kind of like don't apply that to pregnancy and postpartum. For some reason, we're like, well, that I'm fine. And it's no big deal. And it's like, no, that's a huge consideration. Like I had to go through a lot of rehab exercises and slow rebuild for my back the past three months. Like I went from squatting, you know, to over 200 pounds to I maybe have 85 pound plates on the bar. Like I had really had to slowly rebuild my back. And so it's the same. (laughs) It's the same. You need to slowly reintegrate and give yourself patience of exactly where you are. Because what, what would have happened to my back if I hadn't done any of that? I would have just continued to be in pain and not done anything, not been able to lift it up. So absolutely. And I think that like, it's, we can see that easily because we're like, well, we know, like, we don't, we don't want to mess with back pain. And I wish people would have the same perspective on like their vagina. Cause like you can, oh my gosh, yes. Your (laughs) vagina, it can be injured. Like, and that can take a long time to figure out a new way of operating with something that like, can feel so taboo, so shamey, um, and just like not a lot of great information out there. Obviously, like our brand, we're here to support and guide all of those situations. But I think from a, a greater conversation is it's very acceptable to modify for back injury or knee pain, or you know, you've had this aggravating shoulder issue for a long time. So you don't do kipping pull-ups and like you've accepted that. And culturally, we've accepted you know, these unique considerations and approaches. But then, like you said, for some reason, we dismiss a lot of that in pregnancy and postpartum. So because of diastasis, incontinence, pelvic organ prolapse, pain, and honestly, a variety of symptoms that exist across that spectrum, 
both symptoms that are expected, like diastasis, for example, um, and symptoms that kind of will get people seemingly out of nowhere, say like pelvic organ prolapse, and I can feel like a tampon's falling out. A lot of times people experience that postpartum after a vaginal birth, and that can be really debilitating to have to really reassess how my, what does my participation in fitness look like right now or at different points in time throughout my postpartum. Um, and I think that that's just not part of the conversation because we want to say like, well, if you were doing it before, you can keep doing it or it's, well, this is safe for the baby. I'm not hurting the baby by doing X, Y, or Z. And it's like, right. But it comes down to a, like, I'm looking after you, like you as a female athlete, like it's not a matter of like, can you still do it? I know that you could. It's should you right now? Does this actually serve your body and your long-term athletic goals right now? Sometimes yes. Other times like, no, there's just other options out there and we can find what those other options are. Oh my gosh. Yes. And that, I feel like if you go in with anything, even you're going into the open with anything on your mind, it's can I versus should I? Yeah. That, that would be my biggest advice to just go in with like, can I do this or should I do this? Um, and that would just, you know, you've said this all the time, Brady, of if you're questioning whether a movement is still right for you, you probably already know the answer. Yeah, that's the intuition that we have. And like, sometimes I think it gets confused with anxiety. I know I like almost gaslight myself a lot of the time, but like, you know, like there's a gut feeling of like, I first probably shouldn't do this. Like, I just shouldn't do this particular movement that doesn't feel right today. Or I'm going to be, if I do do it, then I'm going to be like, basically mind fucked later and be like, Oh, should I have done that? Like, Oh, I don't know. Did I hurt myself? Did I hurt the baby? Or I have this pain. Is it because I did X, Y, or Z? And if you are even kind of an anxious person like me, um, that just sends, that creates a spiral, you know? And so it's like, everyone is on their own, honestly, their own journey of decision-making when it comes to their participation in fitness in general during pregnancy and postpartum. But again, it's giving you this bigger picture of things to consider that goes beyond baby safety and considers your long-term core pelvic health and athletic performance. Like those are the dots that we're trying to connect. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, going into the open with, you know, if you're pregnant or postpartum, early postpartum, just, I would just say, go have a good time. Yeah. It sounds so generic and boring. Like, oh, just go have fun. It's like, no, like really, what can you do to make sure you'll have a good time? Yeah. And if it's going to stress you out to do things and uh, like putting pressure on yourself for certain movements, then don't. <laughs> And like, know thyself, right? This is taking me a really long time, but I know now that I'm like, you know what? Like if, for example, with how my brain operates, if I were to be a postpartum CrossFitter right now, right now, I'd be like, the open is almost too tempting for me. Like, I don't want to do that right now because I know my body's not ready. So until I have more confidence in where I'm at and confidence is created through like time and intention and all that stuff. So basically once you have more time under your belt, or you know that like your life and your energy and your brain space supports that kind of participation, like that's when you can feel really confident going into it. But that's knowing yourself. Like I'm just competitive. It's hard for me to turn that off. And if I'm in an environment, I don't. I just like I do have my blinders on, and I just like I cannot help that. So it's for me, it's very much like it's knowing yourself and almost like what your own little like ticks and triggers are. And then making choices proactively before that. 
yes, go in with knowing it's going to look different from everybody else in the gym and be okay with that. Be okay with your workout looking nothing like what's on the whiteboard. It's really, really, really hard to do that in a group fitness setting because it's a community and you want to do all the same things because that's what we're there to do. Um, But that's one of the biggest advice that I have for pregnant and postpartum athletes in any group fitness setting. Obviously, we're talking about the open right now, but just know that it's going to look different for you and that is okay. Let's talk some modifications. We do like overall themes because, of course, we can point you all to some resources that we have that really break down different modification options and, you know, navigating pregnancy or navigating postpartum, my resources for all of that. But what we see a lot in the, in, I almost said the Olympics, but it, it feels like it kind of is like the CrossFit Olympics. <laughs> what we see a lot in um, the open is like a lot of like volume or a lot of like, there's just a lot of intensity or it's kind of like these new movements that add complexity, things that are really dynamic. Um, it's not like quote, normal exercises. You see very almost like gymnasty things and just like very athletic efforts. Nothing about it is super straightforward. Mm-hmm. That so is how do you go about I mean, where do you begin? <laughs> <laughs> I don't It depends, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it does. Well, we can have a conversation about that. I'm like totally putting you on the spot. But I'm like, well, what do you mean? Like movement specific or like? Well, like, so for example, we can say something like we know high impact during pregnancy. Oh, okay. Or do we already have like a baby in our belly and putting more pressure on the pelvic floor? Even if you're not experiencing symptoms, you do have a weight sitting inside of you, putting more pressure and stress to the pelvic floor and also the midline of the abdominal wall. You're, you know, you do have a diastasis during pregnancy. There's no avoiding that. Right. So then you add a movement, say like double unders, which right. just show up quite often during the open and not just in like, you know, 10 double unders. Usually I feel like it's, I don't know. I feel like the last, the last open I did was the one where there was like a bazillion double unders. And that was when I feel like PNK like really blew up. It was like 400 double mm-hmm. I don't remember what workout that was or what year. I can't tell you, but I just remember like that's when the DMs really got crazy because everybody was because <laughs> it was like four hundred. So anyway, um, I feel like I see there's double unders that come up quite often. So what are some good options for when somebody is at a place in pregnancy or postpartum? They're like, I just know I'm not ready to jump yet. What are some good substitutions for something that's really high impact like that? That's not like single unders, right? Like we think, so mm-hmm. I think a lot of CrossFitters think, well, if you can't do a lot of double unders, just do single unders, but we got to, we got to go beyond that. Talk to me about it. Yeah. So you can go any direction. A lot of the thing, a lot of times we feel like it has to be a direct modification. It does not. I am more in the, unless you really want it to be a specific direct modification, it can be, but I'm I sometimes just go, how can I match the stimulus of what the point of that movement is within the structure of the workout? Um, if it's, you know, if really just to get your heart rate up, right? And so if you want to do more of like a direct lower impact option, you could grab a plate and do toe taps. That's a really great one if you're pregnant or you're early postpartum and you're reintroducing high impact. It's a little bit lower impact. 
Or you could pick any cardio machine. I like skiing as an option for double unders because you're getting that heart rate up and getting that same stimulus as you would with the double unders. It could be the bike. It could be the rower. You could, if you really wanted to go low impact, you could do step ups. Like that's way different, but uh, you know, this similar kind of a movement pattern, I guess you could say. Um, uh, yeah. So just anything that would get your heart rate up, you could do any cardio really. Um, it would be my recommendation. I know when I was pregnant, I did a lot of toe taps when I was pregnant because that felt good to me. A lot of, if your single leg movement stuff during pregnancy is not feeling good, then yes, like the ski or the road would be a great option or the bike would be a great option because then you don't have to worry about your single leg stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's a really great point about like, it doesn't have to be a direct modification. And most of the time you're going to end up having to find something that solicits that similar stimulus, um, as a way to still participate, but then actually make it realistic. And so if we have like something like Olympic lifts, you know, that might be taken out or delayed postpartum, taken out during pregnancy or delayed postpartum, both because of a bar path or triple extension, this doesn't feel good on the abdominal wall or the pelvic floor, whatever it may be, just not wanting to disrupt that bar path or even the baby safety of not wanting to like basically uppercut your belly. There's a million reasons why people may modify their Olympic lifts and we can find you know, they can do the similar movement pattern by just using dumbbells and like that's still effective and it doesn't make you less of an athlete. Like you're still tough. You're still strong. Right. You're actually just like reinforcing a overall, like a much better movement pattern for that workout and for your long-term health and performance. Yeah, absolutely. You can, you can practice so many things during those seasons without a barbell. You can do just like we were saying before, just movement patterns. You can switch to dumbbells. Something I really enjoyed in place of a barbell clean was, yes, you can do a single dumbbell, but I really enjoyed having like double dumbbell clean because that felt more of like matching the movement pattern with a barbell um, and stuff like that. And so another option for Olympic lifts, if yes, you can just switch it to a dumbbell if you don't want to disrupt disrupt your bar path is um doing a dynamic lift in place of like a snatch i would sometimes i would just do overhead squat or i would do a front squat or i would do you know some other lift that would uh be like an accessory movement to that olympic lift or something like that yeah i like that too it's almost like how can i like reduce the complexity of this particular movement pattern and so like again like you said if it's a clean well, maybe I'll just do front squats or maybe I'll do RDLs or maybe I'll do a deadlift form of that, whatever. Like you Mm -hmm. can break down each individual movement to the less complex version of it. And that's a good way to modify. But talk to me about things like gymnasty movements, like toes to bar, muscle ups, dips, things like that, that we do see come up quite often during the open. Yeah, so that there is a, variety of ways yeah. <laughs> that you can modify so it really does this depend but some things that come to mind like if you're going to um do modify like a pull-up yes the usually like the direct 
modification would be a ring row because you're still getting that pulling. You could do an inverse row, like from the, sitting on the ground and you've got like the bar on the rig and you can pull up seated from the ground, like seated pull up kind of a situation. You could do a dumbbell seated, double dumbbell seated press. You could do Z press. Um, you know, for like toes to bar, you could do like a lat pull down. You could do med ball slams. You could do like side bends with a dumbbell, like anything to like light up your abs, like which during pregnancy, yes, you can do abs in a lot of variety of ways. You're mostly using your abs for a lot of your movements anyways. Um, and so, yeah, so there would be, you know, a lot of this inverse movements, um, elevated movements and anything that like is still using that part of the body that you not necessarily, if you're not in a place to want to do pulling from the rig because of like the pressure going across your midline or you're just not haven't rebuilt your upper body strength postpartum whatever it may be you know, like again like you were saying like any movement that can break down into that movement <laughs> you can work on those on the side but like a lot of like strict strength stuff is really great for gymnastics during pregnancy um and or even if you you are still comfortable hanging from the bar, but you aren't comfortable pulling all the way up, like just scat pull-ups or just something smaller, like a smaller version of the bigger movement. Um yeah, I think that's all I can think yeah. of for well, those. People yeah. get super obsessed with coding because they'll see an athlete yeah. on Instagram and they're in their sports bra and like people become like hyper fixated on what their abs look like. Um and if they're coning or not. And coning is just a presentation of forward pressure. It does not always mean there's a diastasis, but if you're pregnant and we're seeing that coning, then like, of course there's a diastasis because your abs are separating to accommodate the growth of a baby and low volume, probably not going to do anything. It's kind of like the sum of our habits over time that really kind of reinforce that extra stress and tension on the midline. So that's why we, we don't have to be hyper fixated on it, but at the same time, we do have to acknowledge that like that overhead, like when your arms are overhead, you're hanging and now there's, you're in a position where there's naturally more forward pressure on that midline. That's probably not a movement you want to reinforce over and over and over throughout your pregnancy as your baby grows and puts more pressure on that midline from the inside out. We don't need to add to it. Now, does that mean there's going to be a guarantee of this horrible diastasis? No, but it's also like honoring what your postpartum is going to need um, or potentially need and making as informed of choices now, because as cliche it is, as it is, like pregnancy is really temporary, even if it doesn't feel that way, but your postpartum body is your postpartum body forever. So like Let's do what we can to mitigate risk where we can. And I feel like there's an opportunity there with a lot of these more complex and dynamic movements or really heavy loads where it's like, I probably could, but I don't really need to right now. It doesn't support the body I'm in right now or the body I'm going to be in later either. Yeah. And something else I want to point out is, especially postpartum is if you finally just gotten a movement back very recently before the open even if you do have that movement it may not be time to put it put it into a workout and that's really hard to accept because yes i finally got a pull up or whatever it is 
but you may not have high volume pull-ups. What's likely in the open will be a high volume. If there's going to be pull-ups, it'll be high volume. And maybe it won't be, maybe it'll be fine, but like being okay with like, you know what, I do need to do a scaled version of this movement, even though technically I can do it right now. I mean, obviously that's the same during pregnancy, but especially postpartum when you are getting these movement back, movements back, uh, you may not be ready to do full send of that movement in a wad. And so being okay with that or just being okay with less reps or something like that. Yeah. And I think something I talk to my professional athletes a lot about is like, if you ultimately want to perform really well long-term and have these runs and have like basic perform at a very high level, how you navigate pregnancy and truly that whole first year postpartum, that like, it just really, really matters for that long-term athletic performance. It really matters. Mm -hmm. And so if you're tempted at six months postpartum or six weeks postpartum or whatever it might be to just send it, Give yourself a lot of grace and adaptability in what that looks like for you this time. And almost keep in mind that it's really on behalf of the next year of how you want to be feeling. So you can say that about pregnancy, how you yeah. want to feel postpartum. We can say that first year postpartum or how you want to feel at two years postpartum or five years postpartum. And, you know, we are, again, we're not fragile but we're also not invincible and, you know, motherhood is a lot to acclimate to. And it does take its toll on, on us physically and mentally. And then in a sport like CrossFit, that's a high level of output, like mental intensity output, but also physical output too. Yeah. Especially during the open when it, you know, cause CrossFit as a whole is all about variation. So yes, most of them, the workouts you'll find intensity, but a lot of and as well as finding that variety of different ways to move our body and different lifts and stuff like that. But then when it comes to the open, that is usually the season of a lot of intensity. You know, that's the concentrated intensity that we all train for. Like that's what's happening in the open. And so, you know, being able to be able to know what your output is for that. Right. Because I think a lot of people typically, if they're not prior to postpartum, like they're kind of training to peak, so to speak, around right. the open. But if you're in those seasons, you're not peaking. Like you are not in a season of being peaked and ready for that. That's like so hard. It's so hard to be patient when it's not your time, oh but it's somebody else's time. <laughs> it's so hard. And I will just, I will tell you like, just for those listening, I've participated in a lot of different sports and fitness environments throughout my lifetime. Yes, in CrossFit too. Um, but how I feel now at, I had my second son six years ago. I am a better athlete now. And like physically, not just because I'm like more mature and I'm like less of a like, you know, toxic bitch with my approach to training, but like overall, and I think it's because of this solid foundation that's been created, like truly a brick by brick over time with so many seasons of setbacks and struggle because pregnancy and postpartum oftentimes is, is the first time we get derailed. Now, some people have been injured or had some things come up that really took away from their ability to participate in CrossFit or whatever sport it is um, in the way that they want to. But for a lot of people, pregnancy and postpartum is the first time that how they show up and how they participate is different. It's just fundamentally different. And those are the seasons that act as a catalyst for knowing how to navigate all of the seasons to come because there will be more seasons, unfortunately, that act as a setback. You know, like we, we move, there's 
relationship changes, there's sickness, there's illness, and these can exist across a huge spectrum of like absolutely mm -hmm. derailing or temporarily derailing. And either way, your skill set and your resiliency of being able to navigate it with more maturity and perspective to keep yourself in the game, that improves so much. And pregnancy and postpartum are seasons where like you're learning that. You know, you're really having to learn that and it is hard and you're not going to get it right. Nobody gets it right. There's no such thing as getting it right. It's just about collecting information and feeling like you're really informed. You're doing the best with the information that you have and you're not operating solely from a place of ego. You're operating from a place of perspective. And uh, again, very hard to do, but it is worth doing, especially when you know you're going to be tested right now, which is how you participate in the open, whether you directly participate or indirectly participate, it's just a really great time to gather that perspective. Yeah, it's a really great time to check in with yourself. And if it is your season to peak, that's great. That's awesome. You earned it. Own it. And if it's your season to take it slow and to be pregnant or to be less than a year postpartum, own that too. And you're going to be amazed at what things look like a year from now. And that's the point of doing the open because you look back a year ago and you're like, wow, look at what me last year now, look at me now. Just live in this year, live in 2024, let 2024 be what season it is. And then the next year, the next open, like who knows what it's going to look like, you know, it's really cool. I'm excited to go into this open. I'm excited to uh, be 22 months postpartum during this open and have gotten almost two years of postpartum rebuild under my belt this time around and to see how it really, really goes. And yes, I'm still rehab recovering from my back injury that has gotten a lot better. Um, and so that is my consideration this year of like, I've only just now rebuilt from a back injury. <laughs> it's not even half of my injuries from postpartum periods have been orthopedic, not pelvic floor related, not diastasis related. They've been either something in my day-to-day -day activities or my own doing that was like another part of my body, like my back. Like yeah. I was just well, pushing myself. Also you know? really common for people to hear too, is like the right. orthopedic injuries come up a lot in moms, a lot. Hormonally, <laughs> we are very yeah. different postpartum, you know, like we're in a lot of ways, just more prone and more vulnerable postpartum than we are during pregnancy, but nobody wants to hear that. That feels like a major buzz. Right. So I think it's just knowing right. like my body is just different. It's still recovering in different ways. And I might, you know, have some obstacles that come, come up along the way, core pelvic health, orthopedic health, whatever it might mental health. Like we're just not operating from a place of like total stability right now. Right. And like, you know, that you gain more perspective and you just, you know, how to like navigate it in a way that's going to continually serve you. Yeah. And I just want to uh, finish with that. Our bodies are resilient mm -hmm. and no matter what happened in your birth and your postpartum orthopedically, like whatever it is, our bodies are resilient. They are designed and are meant to heal and they will heal. It might just take a while, but you will get to whatever level of operation that you want to be eventually. Absolutely. When we have a lot of support and resources for pregnant and postpartum athletes that we will have linked in the show notes here. Um, and if you need a program that you'd like to follow through pregnancy, because you're like, actually, 
listening to this, I don't want to have to second guess what movements I'm doing, what workout I'm doing. Uh, we have the pregnant athlete training program, and that's a 36 week exercise program. We also have an eight week postpartum program that really helps bridge the gap between your rehab and getting back into the kind of fitness movements that you would see a lot in a CrossFit gym, but are just fundamental fitness movement patterns. Um, and then if you are interested in becoming a PNP coach like Julianne and like so many other coaches around the world, we would love to have you. Um, enrollment is always open and we would just love to have you become a PNP coach so that you can take, you know, this kind of perspective and education and coaching to your local and online community. So thank you so much for listening. Julianne, if people want to follow you on Instagram, where can they find you? You find me at julianne.folly. It'll be in the show notes so you can not have to figure out how to spell it. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your time and your wisdom. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond. Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts, three to four workouts each week, and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness Program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance from myself and my co-coach, Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and postpartum athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will up-level your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. Become who you needed and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you and please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information and this work. Mm -hmm.